Hello and welcome to a live Kerfefe break on Deprogrammed. Uh, I'm here with my guest co-host today, Mike Harlow. Mike, I told you I was going to be on after the announcements, but I decided to surprise you. And just I know. I thought I'd you on. be a vain bitch and fix my hair. <laughs> someone, said to me, someone tweeted us and was like, oh, you got to bring your good hair game. And now I feel like I'm just totally letting them down. People always think that my guests need to wear a hat. I'm like, why? Do I mean, if they want to, I love hats. Um, I don't always wear one, but no one but, can uh, compete with your hat game. That's why I got a new hat yesterday. Well, an, a new old hat. It was our anniversary. It's our one year wedding anniversary, which you know because you were here a year that ago. I can't. That was the best it. wedding ever. I'm kind of partial to it. <laughs> Because I but, hate uh, weddings. I hate all like the pageantry and the it's like the most not romantic thing ever. So yes. yours is like the perfect wedding because it wasn't sometimes, about all the bullshit. Yeah, sometimes there can be a lot of bullshit, performative bullshit. This was just kind of come and have fun. And that was before we had air conditioning in this house. Uh so a lot has we were just Anthony and I were talking about all the stuff that's happened in the past year, and it's a lot. We have we have AC in the house. Uh, we have some run, some running water. Uh, some. And the, yeah, we we have we don't have a shower yet. Working on it. We've got plumbers out. This they've been out this whole past week. And then this room that I'm in, I'll just give you an update on what we're doing. Uh, this whole wall has been torn down um, because we had to take out a, a chimney that was crumbling but we're rebuilding it. And tomorrow he's going to start rebuilding the adjoining room, which is going to be his uh, recording studio. So it's very exciting. I yeah. love your house. I There's just, a lot. that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I mean, wait, what about the kitchen? I need to know about the kitchen. The kitchen has been completely deconstructed. Uh, and so right now it's like a temporary kind of setup in there. He, Anthony put me, he, he put in this uh, temporary kind of camp kitchen area where we can cook and stuff. And yeah. uh, we do have a temporary kitchen sink now, but it's all just kind of deconstructed is the best for, way to put it. Yeah. It's that room is like probably number four on our list. Um, first on our list is the guest bath just so we have a working shower, but Anyway. By the way, side note, if you're hearing fucking salsa music, they this is what they do outside my house all day long. I don't, but I hear some kind of buzzing when you're talking now. Does okay. everybody else hear that? Do you guys hear that buzzing? Hey, guys. Hey, chat. Oh, wait. Yeah. Do you, hey, they, Lena, Lisa, Therese. All if you guys hear oh. that noise, let us know. Oh, yeah. Can I? Yeah. I just got a mic, but... I always okay. try like cheap. Okay. There's a crackling noise. So you know what? Where if it's this new mic, I'm gonna be so pissed. Okay, wait, let me know. I'm gonna switch mics. Okay, try the new one. What about now? That sounds good. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna good. Do this damn thing. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, you just have to test it out. So really quickly, I didn't do the announcements because I just brought you on. I'm just gonna say, well, guys. If Sorry. It's your, if it's your first time watching, welcome. This is still a relatively new channel. I'm excited because we've almost hit 10,000 in just a couple of months. So uh, if it's your first time here, you can hit subscribe if you like it and help us hit that goal, at which point we'll have some kind of party. I don't know what it'll be. 
And uh, also, we do have a Subscribestar and a Patreon. Just look for Deprogrammed if you want to support the show financially and a Locals. We also, um, let's see, what else? Oh, okay. So I'm going to tell you about the event that just happened, but just coming up this week, if you're in the Dallas, Texas area, I'm going to be at the Friday Night Tights meetup on Thursday night. Uh, it's free. Come on out and say hello. There's going to be a ton of people there. I'm really excited. My husband's coming with me. And then um, I'm sticking around for Fan Expo. I've got a friend who uh, has a booth and is selling her artwork. So come say hello to her. Her name's uh, Julia Mann, art by Julia Mann. And uh, then the following week, I'm going to be in New York, so I'll get to see you. I'm going to be at Minds Fest on June 25th, which is a Friday. And they have a great lineup, so check it out. If you're in New York, it's... Um, Oh my goodness. They have Cornell West, uh, Zuby, uh, Tim Pool, Libby Emmons, uh, just a, a Tulsi Gabbard, Blair. Oh, oh yeah. They Tulsi announced Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. It's crazy. So and that's I think that's it. I think that's all the announcements. So anyway, thank you for <laughs> thank you for waiting. I, I know exactly where we're going for dinner, by the way. Oh, I trust you. You you are you know all about you're good. You're That's good. where I grew up. I grew up like two, three blocks away from the theater that it's at. So by the uh, pier there, they have this amazing like outdoor bar restaurant. It's like one of the few things left that are still nice in New York. Okay. I'm excited. I'm just kind of, this month is sort of jam packed. So I'm just rolling with it. I'm like, okay, what's next? Let's do it. Uh, so one of the things that happened this past week and the reason I, I didn't do a Friday show because I had an event on Friday in Austin. And this was at, uh, it was called Women Leaving the Left. And it was a panel, a discussion with uh, myself, Megan Murphy, Mary Lou Singleton, and uh, Michelle Evans, uh, moderated by uh, Isabella Malvin. And it was a great, interesting group of women because we, although we've all left the the extreme left. We haven't all ended up in the same place. We don't have the same opinions on everything. We even disagree. We did a, we did a video discussion before the event a couple weeks before where we talked about abortion and everybody is kind of has a different perspective on it. Um, but the one thing we have in common is that we support free speech and we think the, the left has gotten pretty extreme in the past few years, especially. So this event was supposed to provoke dialogue for women in Austin who feel politically homeless and uh, I'll just say overall, it was great. We had a great turnout. I met a lot of new people. I met people who are just leaving woke and, you know, there's tears, some of these women. And you understand, I understand that because it's, they, they're losing everything. Like during the Q&A, one woman said, I'm losing my whole family. You know, they're calling me a bigot and a, a Trumper and all this stuff. And um, so it's really great, I think, for a lot of people who are going through this, if they're just going through it now to come to an event like this and see, we're not the only ones, you know, there's other women here and, and not, they're not, we're not all the same. We're, we're not all conservatives. We're not all liberals. We're, we don't all agree on policy, but we have this, this experience in common with walking away from the radical left. So anyway, it was great. That being said, there were a lot of protesters and you met my old friends. <laughs> I did. I did. And they banged on the windows the whole event. So we had to speak over them. Uh, 
You saw the video I did from. Don't their their arms get tired? Like it doesn't seem like they've got a whole lot in the way going on of biceps. Not that I'm one to talk, but <laughs> they did. Okay, well that's kind of funny because towards the end, like right before the Q and A, we noticed because it was really hot that day. It was over 100 degrees here in Texas, and most of them were wearing masks outside in the heat, <laughs> and and they're kind of fey. And they were by the end, like right, it kept getting weaker and weaker until right before the Q and A. <laughs> they just kind of like trickled away. <laughs> you guys have to go look on Carrie's Facebook. You got to upload it to YouTube or something because it this video of her confronting the protesters is just comedy gold. It should just be called because you guys know Carrie. She's like a freaking angel. So it should just be I'm called. Not an angel, but. Yes, you are. I, I'm the bitch on wheels. You're the nice one. Um, but it should just be called the like, sweetest person in the world comes face to face with uh, Antifa and stands her ground. But it was so entertaining because you were like, can you do the middle finger again? It makes for a better picture. And then there's the guy in the mask screaming. Oh, sorry. You're going to show it. I'm giving it all away. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'll just play it. I'll play it. Um, yeah, I don't know how to take it off Facebook, but I'm going to try and figure that out. But I'll just play it from here right now. You tell me if you can't hear it. It's not that long. So this was a live stream from while we were waiting to do start the event because of all the noise disturbance. Uh, so this is the current state of things at our panel in Austin for uh, women leaving the lab. Let's see if I can turn this around. Uh, how do I do that? There we go. So they've just kind of posted up at all the entrances with their signs, and um, some of them were making uh, a primate kind of gestures with their groin, and it kind of feels like you're like we're in a zombie movie and we're inside the library hiding from the zombies who want to eat our brains. <laughs> um, so because oh wait, this lady. <laughs> Hi. Um, so I'm just taking you on a walking tour of what the scene is. And could you could you do your middle finger again? Okay. Could that woman? Can you please make merch? Can you do the middle finger? <laughs> they. That woman, I don't know if you noticed, but that woman that just walked away, I noticed this the second time I watched it. She had one of those glass breaking things in her hand, I think. And so she was standing with her back to the window trying to break the glass. And when she saw my camera, she walked away. That's, that's what just happened. Feisty. Yeah. Again, could, could you do the middle finger? Did, like, oh, sorry. Well, you guys did the middle finger earlier and it made the picture better. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's, that's what, I took a photo a while ago with their big sign and it was a pretty good photo to show you what was going on, except they made it better because then they all put me off. So I got a second picture oh if if you if you take the mask off if you take the mask off i can 
it's it's hard to hear you through the door and the mask. <laughs> okay, well. So these are, I think we're just waiting. We're starting a little late because we're waiting for security. Um, just because of the noise disturbance. I'll take you outside. This is my beautiful friend sitting out here doing the door. I'm sorry about all this. Does she just work there? No, she she's so no, no, she's one of my good friends and she uh, volunteered to work the door and she had to sit there close to these guys the whole time. And I'll, I'll tell you something briefly. Her poor nostrils. Yeah, I went out there a few times because what happened was that um, as people were arriving, you know, by themselves or in pairs or in gr small groups, these people, these protesters were trying to intimidate them. They were screaming at them, calling them turfs and Nazis and telling them that they had added their... Um, their their picture to a white supremacist database and um and so i went out there for a while and just as people came up i was like hi like come on in you know so that they so that they weren't just facing hatred outside and um so i had already walked out here a couple times just to welcome people um but my friend had to sit there listening to the you know it's you can imagine it's it's kind of disturbing. It could cause anxiety. I had even heard people who were coming in. The reason I went out there is I heard people who were coming in and they were saying, gosh, my heart rate's racing. You know, like I didn't expect that and it really sucks. I think we, I have a crackle too. You see though that like, you know, they came to the event, they had that happen, they got nervous and they were okay. You know, like yeah. these people are just classic bullies. You stand up to them and they melt down as you can see. So that's Mikey. what I realize that like you don't need to be afraid you can stand up to these people they are not yeah. look at them look at them for i mean look at them they're not that scary mikey your crackle is back try yeah. muting yourself i just want to make sure it's you not me mute yourself yeah there's something on your end with your audio um do you want to try leaving and coming back you know because it this happened last time with a guest and he left and came back and it was fine. I'm trying to remember who that was. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So while we're waiting for him, I'll just finish playing this video. Oh, Hey, dangerous rhetoric is here. Your audio is, is pooping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is pooping. Hi, Brentley. Okay. We'll just, this is, this video is almost over guys. We'll just play. This is the kind of up close and personal where you can see it's really impossible to talk to people who are like this. So the, some, some people were saying, cause I was live streaming this. They were saying, interview them, ask them, you know, what is a woman? You can't get a word in edgewise cause they're just screaming at you. So I just felt like, well, let's just get this on cameras to show people what it's like. And there's another thing you're about to see them do, which is um, they kind of engage in this make-believe that, that, you know, they're filming you, they're filming people who are coming to the event to try and intimidate them. Um, 
and they're yelling stuff at them and they yelled stuff at me about how, you know, I've scanned your face and I've added you to a database of white supremacists, you know, get ready. And it's like, okay, they, they do all of that to scare and intimidate people. But if you turn your camera on, they engage in this make-believe that you're putting their lives in danger now because you're recording. And so what they usually do with these kind of protests is if you start recording, a bunch of them will surround you and try and put their signs in front of your camera so you can't film anything. And you're about to see them do that. And, and what's funny about it is that they're trying to cover up this guy who starts screaming at me. But if you'll remember from just a minute ago, that same guy was perfectly fine being on camera when I was inside. He was the same one screaming at me in his mask. It's there's not they're not they're not actually afraid of being on the camera. They're just they're just doing whatever they can to be offensive and uh, to escalate things and to try and provoke you. So um, all, all of this is meant to silence, intimidate, provoke. So, um, yeah, there's, there's really no way to engage with it. It just, you can just film it, but I, I don't, I couldn't have asked them, you know, I couldn't have asked them questions. <laughs> no. Okay. I know, I know, but I want to see more people. I know, but I want to see more people too. I just want to see more. I'll stop that. Uh, that's okay, enough. Am I okay? Can you hear me You're... okay? Yes, you sound great. No crackling. Oh, I'm on the microphone again. Okay, whoever said turn the thingy down. I, I'm smart, as you can tell. Um, it's Pride Month, Carrie. <laughs> Pride Month. 
How can yes. you do such a thing on Pride Month? First of all, these people, okay, so this is Pride Month, then they have the History Month, then they have, we. these people have half the damn calendar year. <laughs> As if you were speaking in one of the other months, like the one or two months maybe that they don't have, as if that would be any better. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> they, uh, oh man, where do I start? Somebody in the chat said, I saw it go by, somebody said they seem demonic. And yes, I do have some other videos of them I haven't uploaded yet. And they did remind me, some of them reminded me of people possessed. Uh, two of the women in particular, the woman who was who kept yelling that she had scanned my face, you know, for a, a white white supremacist site or whatever. Um, she seemed very possessed. So there, and I do have some of her on camera where she was using this mocking voice that it, it makes you think of the Wicked Witch. Uh, from uh, the, the from uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, and and kind of like if you've ever had someone in your life with a personality disorder of a certain type, where they kind of you they go into this this really gross mocking kind of tone. She was doing that, so she kept calling me little girl and darling, and she'd be like, <laughs> she'd say like, darling, darling, little girl, little girl. It's like, ah, oh, creep. <laughs> The yellow or that thing next to you. I'm sorry. No disrespect. No disrespect. But like, oh, I could smell him through the screen with the blue hair. Oh, the guy with the blue hair. Well, let, and in a hundred degree weather. Yeah, something interesting about that guy. So the whole time he was standing right beside me and he, with his arms crossed, and he just kept saying, "Shut up, shut up, be quiet, shut up." And he, uh, he also kept saying. When I said, well, I just wanted, I want to see more of your signs. He kept saying, we, we don't want you to see us. We don't want you to see us. And we don't want to see you. And so anyway, he showed up, he, he, he showed up on my Instagram after this. And, and the first thing comment he left was, um, I found you kind of, well, you know, it's meant to intimidate, like, ah, he knows where I am. And, uh, I just said, oh, hey, uh, some, you know, I said, hey, I remember you. I said something I meant to ask you, this is a real question. You kept saying repeatedly that you you didn't want to see us and you did not want us to see you. So why did you come to our event? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. You, you clearly want to be seen. And uh, like nothing they say, not even these these sentences that are kind of throwaway sentences, they don't mean anything. They're not rooted in any truth. So even something like that, you're not speaking the truth, dude. Like you want us to see you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here and pounding the whole time we're speaking, you know, they're they're insane. It's like, well, so like because, you know, I've been <laughs> protested by people like this so many times. And the the thing that's always stood out the most about it is just the glazed over look in their eye, the just totally vacant look and the hatred that there is nothing in the world. There's no nothing you could say that would ever make these people not hate you. And they're so misinformed. It's bizarre. By the way, I didn't know that a lot of those like uh, white supremacist databases were still around. I got put into one of those back in like 2016 or something before I even did any of this. Um, and it was something that was like in the school systems that they had this like website they would put people in. So I looked in what they put me in there for. And it was like someone who followed me followed another person and that person said something so yeah. that's why i was in there and you got added yeah, yeah the, the purpose of those sites and tifa people run some of these sites and they 
they do it to to intimidate anyone who speaks up against them you know so you can imagine see when you when you call someone something as vile and horrible as a as a white supremacist which that's vile that's that's a horrible thing to be and so if you do that dishonestly you're committing several different kinds of lies when you do that dishonestly and one of those kind of lies is is that you're hoping to encourage attacks on that person um, by branding them something evil that they're not. And, and that's what they do. They put people in there because they want, they want you to, they want people to be afraid of, you know, Antifa showing up at their house or something. And yeah, but that guy, I'll just say something about the green hair guy. So he kept commenting on my Instagram and he said, um, uh, at one point he started arguing with some other guy who follows me and that guy has his own company and his profile. And so green haired guy says, Oh, and he names his company. He's like, Oh, good luck with such and such. I'm sure it's going to be a very profitable company. And I looked at his profile and I was like, dude, you work at target. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, it's actually, I, it's very respectable. And I'm, I'm glad you have a job. Like, but that, that's that's shocking. <laughs> but don't throw stones when you live in a glass house. What is wrong with you? And then if you just barely scratch the surface, you find they have a problem with truth on every level because that bothered him. And so he said, yeah, I worked at Target two years ago and I've, I since I've started my own company, I'm like, um, actually, this picture says it's, it's from March of 2021. And it says new team member and it's you, you in the bathroom at Target with your uniform on. <laughs> like you just started there a year ago. Like, don't Maybe lie. Maybe playing. Yeah. I, I find it unbelievable that he would have yeah. a job. Yeah. But it's it's hard talking to them because as you said, they are sort of, they, I feel like they are possessed by something. Even if you don't believe in demons, like as an entity, you know, they're possessed by something like a kind of madness or, or hatred or ideology. And it's hard to get through that. And it's not, it's not only this, that we see this in, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Scientologists, but the Scientologists that will follow people with cameras, just like screaming things at them. It's really similar actually, because I'm working on a video now that I'm putting out this week. That's um, about cults and especially in relation to the alphabet cult. Um, and one of the things that they always do is they invent word cults basically try to rewire your brain. So they'll invent words. They'll control language. If they can control how you speak, they can control how you think. Um, and that's exactly what these people do with turf or cis or any of their language. Um, and that's exactly what Scientologists do is that they create these words, thetans and squirrels and all this stuff. So like they call a squirrel, like someone who runs away from Scientology that doesn't want to take the abuse anymore. Um, so they will follow them around with cameras, just like doing their daily routine, their daily lives, screaming like squirrel, squirrel. And it's exactly this. They're screaming turf. These aren't real words. No, the no. of cults and people who are rapidly possessed by ideology. I've had a lot of people since I put up a picture of their sign that said no turfs on our turf. And I had a lot of people asking me what's a turf. And uh, I think this, this is in the way that they use that word. I know what it really means, right? But forget that. Because the way in which they use that word, they literally use it for anyone who knows how to define woman. 
So let's just pass that on. That's the new definition. <laughs> like, what's a TERF? Someone that knows how to define woman. That's it. Well, even their made up words mean nothing to them, though, because it, what it, it apparently stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist. A friend of mine, though, uh, I don't know if you know Mars, but a friend of mine, he has a oh, great yeah. podcast. He's amazing. But he's a transgender man who's kind of conservative. So I all the time see them screaming, raging in his comments, calling him a TERF. I'm like, wait a second. So you're saying he's a tra he's trans exclusionary, but he is trans, and you're also saying he's a radical feminist, but he's not even a feminist, let alone a radical. What? Like their words just mean nothing. Yes, that's they why be I speaking in friggin' clicking sounds or something. It would make more sense. Yeah, they don't. That's why. I mean, even when they call people white, they call everyone white supremacists. They were calling all the people who bought tickets to this show white supremacists. I mean, they Larry don't Alder. mean anything. Yeah. The black face of white supremacy. Yeah. Well, uh, it was all in all, it was a very interesting experience. And uh, we are going to be doing more of these. So um, we're looking at other cities and. I'm and I'm I'm excited about it. I love these women. I'm going to be talking to hopefully this week Mary Lou Singleton. So she was on the panel with me, and and she's just a wealth of information. She comes from the midwifing community, and um, she was one of these. She got canceled for speaking out when they tried to change all the official language for midwives and make them refer to mothers as birthing people. And that was. So I'm going to get her, her whole story. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm very excited to to speak with her. So she's a mid-spouse. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Mid-spouse. <laughs> yes. No, that's good that you haven't. <laughs> so what have you been up to? I, I jumped right into what happened on Friday. Mm -hmm. I know no, you have a lot a good going thing on. To jump into. Uh, God, we should introduce them to the screaming bald lady. She's my favorite. She is my favorite one that I've met along the way of people screaming in my face. Which lady? You've never seen the screaming bald lady from San Francisco? I don't remember. There's been oh, so she is. I, I actually, I need to make her my phone background. You're part of my phone background now, the breakfast Aww. club. Oh. <laughs> uh, here, James Lindsay, <laughs> we took our breakfast club photo. Um, no, I need to make the screaming bald lady my next background. Um, that was when uh, we did a walkaway event in San Francisco and they shut it, they canceled it like two hours before. So we were like, screw you, we're gonna have our event in front of the building. And oh, was it ugly. Screaming bald lady, just screaming at the sky, screaming in the face of a drag queen who then starts clapping and fall. Oh, it was just like the highlight of my life. Wow. <laughs> Mikey. You're popping. Your microphone is popping again. Just FYI. I have no luck. I have no luck with technology. Okay, I will try the third microphone for today. Let me see. Oh wait, God, I'm like a fucking grandma. What's your new microphone? What kind is it? It's a piece of shit, obviously. <laughs> that's not necessarily what it is. What about this? Better. That sounds better. Okay, that's my. Stupid Mac microphone. God, I have no luck with technology. I accidentally got I got this nice camera and I accidentally got the one for desktop that's magnetic, so it just falls down whenever it wants. I am a mess with my technology and most things. <laughs> but but tell me about you've been working on a lot because it's Pride Month. I know you've been I you have I, Jeffrey, what's his name? Jeffrey Marsh, that annoying guy from TikTok. Wait, what? Don't you have a Jeffrey Marsh video? Oh, yes. And a Dylan Mulvaney one. I'm uh, 
I apparently people have told me they like when I make fun of people so, or do my impressions of them. So I'm working on it. Jeffrey Marsh, I'm still trying to get the voice down, but it's like it is very much like a phone sex operator. Yes. Who's trying to hypnotize you, but also being very condescending and trying to keep it together. <laughs> he he's been doing this for a while because before TikTok. He was on Vine, and no! yeah, he and and in fact, in some of his videos, he says, uh, "I I always, oh, you can learn a lot about people just in the first." Year. He's like, you know, I'm Jeffrey Marsh, Vine superstar. <laughs> I can't with these people. <laughs> and then and he's, another one he's was not like six months ago, going on the friggin' Price Is Right. Oh, if you want to see the cringiest thing on the internet other than me just look at like look up dylan mulvaney the price is right it is just like everything i hate about theater people like dancing and <laughs> spins around the state oh look at me look at me and the ultimate the ultimate way to do that now is to just change your gender i have something else to show you okay let's see since it's pride month I'm not sure what things you want to talk about today, but there's a lot in the news. Oh, there, uh, as I say, there's plenty of subject matter there. Yeah. So out of all the corporations and companies and uh, IPs that are that are putting the rainbow on, this one just made me giggle a bit because uh, Mystery Chris and I had just done an episode last week about about Michael Crichton, and he has this really great essay called The Politicization of Science, and it comes from uh, the afterward in his book, State of Fear. It's excellent, excellent essay. I, I, I wish he were around today because, anyway, we had just talked about Jurassic Park. We had just talked about Michael Crichton, and then I saw this. So for anyone listening, it's the official Jurassic Park Twitter feed, and they have a picture of... Uh, a dinosaur it's hard for me to see i think it might be a t-rex and then they have a big old rainbow flag draped across him and the tweet says here at jurassic park hate is the only thing that's extinct we stand with our lgbtq plus friends during hashtag pride and all year round and then they have a rainbow flag and a trans flag life finds a sleigh oh oh God, why is it so impossible for people to accept? No one hates you. No one cares. No it, one cares. Who hates you? you? Ha, do you feel like, have things changed? Because you're relatively young. So within your lifetime, have things changed? <laughs> I knew that you would. <laughs> Have things changed for you in terms of way the mainstream uh, culture yes. either rejects or embraces? Yes, God, yes. And I, obviously, I never encountered nearly the worst of it. Um, but it's like a different planet. When I first came out, I was 18. And like, yeah, every day it was some sort of issue. I wouldn't say it was hate, but it was like always some, you know, like friends at the time who were straight as you go to hug them and they'd be like, whoa, or some stupid shit like that. Nobody cares now. Nobody cares. It is a total non-issue in my life. The only time it's an issue is whenever leftists hate you. And of course, the first thing they bring up is your sexuality. That's it. 
And like, it's so frustrating. I always hear from people about, oh, can these conservatives, conservatives, I've traveled the entire country speaking to conservatives. Do you want to know the worst thing? Even when people talk about, you know, oh, they're against this. They're, I'm like, I think that's only like a handful of loud people on Twitter. Like in traveling the entire country, talking to mostly conservatives, you want to know the worst thing anyone's ever said to me about being gay? One time, one time somebody said, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but I respect you. That's the worst thing. That's the worst said. thing. That was once. Wow. That's but you also, you also got called the F word by some leftists, didn't you? Pretty much on a weekly basis, at least for all of 2020. Yeah, they're the most miserable people in the world. And I think that also has a lot to do with it now. The reason that it's such a non-issue in my life, because people who are wrong thinkers or more right-leaning just do not care. And it, it's it's when you're around leftists, you know, it's these people who wrap themselves in rainbows and pride flags that are the ones that, you know, you have one disagreement with them about something. They'll be calling you every name in the world. Like you'll see their true colors. Um, so I think it's just part of that also is not just how much society has changed with that, but like not being around these people who define everyone by just their immutable traits. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's changing? Because it's hard for me to get a sense of the culture at large, because obviously um, by the nature of, of what we talk about and who we hang out with, we are, we are going to come into contact with uh, gay and lesbian people who are, who are walking away from the left. That's just, that's just what's going to happen or who disagree with the narrative at least. Do you think that that's just because of that's because of the people we interact with, or do you think that's on a grand scale that that's happening? No, I it's it's no one cares honestly. Like I can't think, I I can't think of a time. I mean, other than you know leftists, like I said, like Antifa types or BLM types. Other than that, it's just such a non-issue. Um, and that's not, and that's not, I don't think that's a New York thing. I think that's an anywhere thing because I've traveled a lot. It's, it's just a non-issue. And the funny thing is all these corporations that pretend to care so much, where were they when it mattered? Where were they when people were dropping dead of AIDS in the eighties? Not a word, but now that no one cares and homophobia is like 90, 90 to 99% a thing of the past. Now, suddenly there's rainbows everywhere because now they have a product to sell. Now it's a very lucrative industry. God, I took an Uber the other day. The car on the map had to be a rainbow. And then a guy <laughs> screen capped this whole thing. Let me, let me walk through Uber's guide of everything I need to know to get in the cab. It's everywhere. Okay, while you're pulling it up, I'll just say Here. we were watching something last night. And I can't even remember. It might have been HBO, one of one of the apps, and everything on there is like you know, watch your. They're trying to direct you into the rainbow. Watch your pride film. No, I'm just looking for blazing saddles. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Move with pride, and then they have to show you all the initiatives for the LGBTQIA2S plus really? community. The National Center for Transgender Equality. There's two pages. The Right to Be Foundation. I'm like, I'm just trying to get to Midtown. Then five, the five-step process of speaking inclusively with your Uber driver. Uh, step one, <laughs> gender greetings. <laughs> step two, 
Don't assume cis-heteronormative relationships. With Step. your Uber driver. Step three, beware <laughs> of implicit bias. Step four, respect boundaries. What boundaries? What am I going to grab my Uber driver's tits and be like, hey, toots? Respect <laughs> boundaries. Five, gender expression does not equal gender identity, does not equal sexual orientation. I'm just trying to get a ride, bitch. Why is Uber sending this out? I think there was more, but I gave up at step five. And, oh, and the car had to be a rainbow, and there were flags everywhere. Like, literally, get an, I don't know if it's just in New York or elsewhere, but get an Uber, and you'll see the, the car is just a friggin' rainbow. What? Okay. I'm so what? over this. And let me tell you, this month is turning me into such a bitch. Not that I wasn't before, but, like, anyone who, like, looks at me the wrong way, I'm like, I jump at them. So it just, uh, there's just so many things wrong with that. I mean, first of all, I'm a person who I do, I do somehow get into conversations with my drivers. Usually if they're, if they're a talkative person, I'll talk with them. And chatty to me. I'm like, yeah, I'll talk with them, but never does it come up. You, I mean, why would any, why would any of this come up anyway? And you're not going to be referring to them in the third person because you're talking with them. So why would pronouns even come up? It's it's so stupid. Like, excuse me, what are your pronouns? Oh, good, because I might need to call someone and talk about you in the back of the car in front of you, but I want to do it respectfully. It only comes up if I've heard a driver who's like hitting on me. Oh my goodness. That's and that's were, just, then they were never cute, so it didn't yeah. go any further. Yeah. It's no, just I'm so, so over this. I'm so like I said, everyone, I'm just like snapping. This woman, this woman came at me the other day on Twitter that she was like some pro-abortion thing. And I was just like, oh, go grab your wire hanger, Joan. I was like, ooh, this, this month's making me nasty. <laughs> I'm just so over it. I um, Somebody, uh, this friend of mine, Bobby, a couple years ago, I'll never forget it, sent me the most amazing quote, I think, that they were like, it was, I think it's from some stupid anime or something. Sorry, not stupid. I know that the anime fans, they will like cut you. But um, I, it's from some anime or something. But I remember it said, um, "Pride is not the antidote to shame; it's its source. The only uh, the only antidote to shame is true humility." Humility. We need humility month. We need humility month. Somebody said that. One in the chat. thing. If there is one thing in the world, none of us need right now. It is more pride. We're we are like the most prideful generation in the most prideful time. In the most prideful world, it is the last thing in the world we need more of. Yeah. It's the same way. It's the same way as, I mean, you know, it's just a community built around narcissism and mutual resentments. And it's the same way that they always tell them, oh, love yourself, love yourself. They love themselves. How about start teaching people respect yourself? Yeah. It's the, the pride thing is a great point. And I saw someone put that in the chat just saying, you know, we need a humility month. Yes. Um, you're making me think of something I saw. I'm going to see if I can find it to show you later. Something I saw from my friend Lydia posted this weekend that it it might make you cry. And I apologize in advance. Uh, but it was just so, it was so real and true. And and, and anyway, if I can find it, I'll put it up on screen. No, um, well, before I do that, I do have this one thing pulled up I wanted to talk to you about. And I'll look for this while we're talking about it. This I just saw this morning from Billboard Chris. And this is a new study 
that he's trying to draw everyone's attention to. And I encourage everyone to go and read this study. Um, let me see if I can get it up here. There we go. Okay. Can you see it? Oh, no. So the headline of the study, this is from the Heritage Foundation. Of course, anybody who likes to commit genetic fallacy will say, I'm not reading it. <laughs> it's from the Heritage Foundation. But uh, it's a study by Jay Green. And uh, the title of it is Puberty Blockers, Cross-Sex Hormones, and Youth Suicide. And so what he's done with this study is he's really dispelled a lot of the lies, a lot, a lot of the untruths that they speak to try and force us as a society to accept uh, genital mutilation on children, to accept giving children cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers and double mastectomies. Um, and a lot of those lies, I'm sure you guys have heard them. And I, I see them all the time from parents in these parents of trans kids groups. They say, if you don't validate, if your child comes home and says, I'm trans or I'm non-binary or what have you, if you don't validate and they say, if you don't validate and if you don't use the, the pronouns that they want, that, that your child might end up killing themselves. And they also say, would you rather have, because when a child, when a, when a person changes their name in the trans rights community, that part of social justice, they call it their old name, their dead name. And so they'll often say, would you rather have a dead name or a dead kid? And that is so emotionally manipulative. They're it's emotional extortionists is what they are. Yes. That's a better phrase. It's, it's emotional extortion. It is. Everything, everything these people do is, it is all the language of abusers. Yes. I don't let people talk to me that way anymore in these kind of debates. Some some people who fought, found my Instagram after the event this Friday were trying that. They were sort of saying, you know, everything that you women were there saying that night leads to uh, people killing themselves. That's that's BS. That's emotionally manipulative. It's language and it's something an abuser would do. Stop doing it. I'm not going to respond. Then what language? Then what language was it that led to Daphne Dorman killing herself? What language was it that led to Wilson Gavin killing himself? These are all people who committed suicide, a, a gay man, a trans woman, after being attacked and attacked and attacked by the alphabet cult for stepping this much out of line. Yep. Will you say those names again? Because I bet there's some people who watch my show who are not familiar with them. Yeah. Daphne Dorman was a transgender woman. Dave Chappelle, uh, she was friends with Dave Chappelle. She was a comedian. He talked about her in his last special which which made it so ironic the the hysteria over it because the entire point of him talking all about all that was a tribute to her she committed suicide she was attacked relentlessly by the trans community and the alphabet cult for being friends with Dave Chappelle and sticking by him um Wilson Gavin is another person he was a young gay man who was 21 uh his big crime was that he said drag queens are not for kids and he was again, he protested uh, Drag Queen Story Hour, which a lot of people did when he at that at that same event. But uh, he was a young gay man. And they the, like all cults, they do not allow dissidents. They will attack you more than anyone. So they went after him like you wouldn't believe until he killed himself at 21. Um, and that wasn't enough for them afterward, because after that, they were all over social media celebrating his death taking great joy in it so don't ever 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 allow these people to tell you that it's just about love and kindness 
We are no. way past that. No, they admit they abuse those words. Like narcissists, they say what's up is down and what's down is up. And they accuse you of what they're doing. Um, like those people outside the event, they're accusing us of what they're doing. Hatred, you know, <clears throat> I don't ever want to behave like those people. So, okay. So, so this study says puberty blockers, cross sex hormones and youth suicide. That's the, the title. And I just, I'm going to read you guys just a little bit of the summary and tell you about this and, and we'll put the link in the, in the description for today. So you can go read the whole thing. So it says lowering legal barriers to make it easier for minors to undergo cross-sex medical interventions without parental consent does not reduce suicide rates. Oh, wait, but Carrie, I was told that's not happening. Oh, that they're not getting cross-sex medical that's interventions? That's not happening. That's what they say first. First they say, oh, there's no kids that's getting double mastectomies. That's not happening. Yeah, then when you show them pictures and evidence and, and accounts of it, they say, oh, that's all faked. Or no, or they say, if it's happening, it's a good thing. Yeah, then they finally say, well, if it is happening, it's a good thing, and here's why. And then so, they yeah. say, why do you care? Mm -hmm. As if, like, what kind of society would be giving double mastectomies to 12-year-old little girls and not care about it? And we're the assholes being like, why do you care? Why don't, why don't you care is the real question. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like going off, but. Oh, uh, you're fine. You're mad. You're fine. So this is the summary of this study. And again, you guys can find this um, below. Uh, if you're watching this later, we'll put it in the description. So it says lowering legal barriers to make it easier for minors to undergo cross-sex medical interventions without parental consent does not reduce suicide rates. In fact, it likely leads to higher rates of suicide among young people in states that adopt these changes. States should instead adopt parental bills of rights that affirm the fact that parents have primary responsibility for their children's education and health and that requires school officials and health professionals to receive permission from parents before administering health services, including medication and, quote, gender-affirming counseling to children under 18. States should also tighten the criteria for receiving cross-sex treatments, including raising the minimum eligibility age. Um, and then here are some of the key takeaways. U.S. policymakers are seeking to make it easier for minors to access puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones based on the claim that doing so reduces suicide risk. That's all. That's it in a nutshell right there. They're saying, let us push through this, this, what we want to do, this ideology, even though it's affecting children's bodies permanently. Let us push this through or you, you want kids to commit suicide. That's freaking blackmail is what that is. And it's based on a lie. Um, studies find that gender affirming interventions prevent suicide fail studies that find that gender affirming interventions prevent suicide fail to show a causal relationship and have been poorly executed. And then number three, a superior research design shows that easing access to puberty blockers and cross sex hormones by minors without parental consent increases suicide rates. So making it easier for kids to do this without their parents consent to get these hormones, to get, to get surgery, it's increasing the suicide rates. And I, I'm not going to read the whole study. You guys can go read it. But one of the things they found is that in a bunch of these studies that are touting, that, that are saying, hey, look, it's reducing suicide, suicide rates. They're excluding all the people 
uh, in some cases, they're excluding in the study all the people who said they're not taking cross-sex hormones. So that so let let's say you're you're responding to the study and and you say that you've experienced gender dysphoria and you're taking the survey and it says have you taken cross-sex hormones and if you say no well then they discard your the rest of your, your survey so they're only looking at the people who've done it first of all which is bad methodology anyway well and also what they're doing that I don't know a lot of people if a lot of people realize um they're making it easier for minors to access these online without any sort of therapy they could just basically place an order like amazon and get hormones and they're and these psychos support it yeah I, have... I don't understand i don't understand how we're allowing this to happen when you can you... see you can see 12 13 year old girls go on tiktok you'll see it all over i mean how can you I don't even understand how a, a girl that age hasn't even nearly fully developed breasts and you're cutting them off. Yeah. <sighs> Would you mind telling me when you were younger, um, do you think that you would have been susceptible to some of this? 100%. 100%. Because when I was, look at any pictures of me from like, Back in the day, like I loved David Bowie and Davey Havoc, and I, my style was kind of more like glam rock and androgynous kind of thing. One hundred percent. At the and at the time, I was like, oh, I don't want to look like a man or woman. I just want to look like an alien. And it was mostly a phase, you know. I look a little freakish still, but just a little bit. So it was mostly a phase. But no, oh my god, I would have been the prototype of who they would have targeted, and it could have worked. Who knows? One hundred percent. I had been told that I'm some sort of trans or God. And I'll read these um, these horrible stories. If you look at uh, I forget the name of him, but there's some Reddit board where you find a lot of these. Um, I read these horrible stories of these people who at ridiculously young ages were told that they're trans and transitioned. And there was one that I read recently from this girl sobbing, saying that she misses her breasts. I'm like, God, I saw that one horrible can you imagine like and to think about that's why one of the many reasons i think it kind of feels personal to me is that like what would have happened if i were growing up in this era would i have been castrated would i have gotten my body all surgeried yeah it's horrible i'm i'm forever grateful that i didn't grow up currently right now because uh, I, I don't know how it would have affected me. I'm not really sure. I was a tomboy in some ways, but in other ways I was very girly. It just, it just d depended. You're not allowed to be that though. Yeah, you, know? you can't. Yeah, yeah, you must be, you must be a boy. Let's do something. And, and that's the thing. All of these things come down. The What they're deciding gender on, it comes down to nothing except stereotypes and ignorance. But when, but it's but it's worse than ignorance when you're pushing when you're altering the bodies of children. That's not ignorance. That's abuse. That's worse than abuse. I don't even know what to call. It's just evil. Yeah. When you said that you were when you were younger, you identified as an alien. No, I didn't. There was no word. There was no such thing. I want to look like I'm from outer space. I just I just wanted to be Ziggy Stardust. That's all. I see. I was about to get into Barbara Walter style. Let's talk more about when you identified as an alien. Actually, but you reminded me of this. Hold on one second. One second. 
I'm afraid to say. Okay, somebody sent me this gift and they didn't put a note in it. I just got this. It's Matt Walker. <laughs> Yeah, so if you sent me this, let me know because I want to give you a thank you. I want to say thank That's you. Awesome. Um, yeah, Johnny the Walrus uh, by Matt Walsh, and it's it's pretty funny. I had not read it yet. It's a kid's book, and in it, the the child says he's a walrus, and so his mom takes him to a woke doctor who tells him that he needs to start eating worms and put on gray makeup and uh, that he might even need surgery that will turn his feet into fins. And the mom starts going along with all this because she's afraid of what people are going to say and they're going to call her a bigot and it has a very good resolution. Anyway, it's a children's book and I had heard about it, but I had, I had never read it. Anyway, thank you whoever sent me that. That's amazing. No, I think that's what I always say all the time is I think uh, if you have kids, if you're a parent, you need to educate them about this. You need to warn them of this ideology the same way you would warn them about somebody pulling up with a van and saying, get in the car. That is how you need to warn them about this and let them know that this is something that they're going to face. This is the pressure that they're going to face and they need to be able to stand strong and say no. Yeah. It, it's horrible. Tell that, them about it before. I told you this. Do you want to just think insane? I don't know if I told you this. So like, okay, I did the dumbest thing when I went to go see Carrie for her wedding <laughs> that I went out with this guy and liked her. She was like 20. Big mistake. But he was like, he'd like taken time off, was like going to a new college or something in some liberal city. I must have said to him 20 times, jokingly, don't let them turn you trans. And he was like, ha ha, that's so funny. I'm like, don't let them turn you trans. Want to guess what he is now? Are you kidding? It took what? Six months? Wow. That God. is the level of pressure that there is. Especially, wow. this is basically gay conversion therapy. If you're a gay man... Going to a liberal arts college in a liberal city, forget it. Yeah. Trans in six months. I wonder if part of it is also because as you were talking about with gay pride and stuff, there's really not any cultural pushback against homosexuality anymore. The cultural pushback against that is gone. And so I wonder if for people who have that deep need to, to see themselves as a victim, their identity as a victim. I wonder if it's it's attractive to them on some level because then you get to be what is currently the ultimate victim. You're sort of, I'm not just gay. I've also realized that I'm trans. You know, now I have this other set of oppression, this other kind gay of- Gay isn't even on the oppression pyramid. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's not at you, all. And trans you, is at the top. That's the thing. It's like, it's a very clever way of them being able to create radical leftist activists and victims because you can't, you can't make a black person. You can't make uh, you know, it's the, it's the only way. I mean, you can try to screw with someone's sexuality, but I don't think that would really, you get too far, but everyone has a gender. So it allows them access to so many different things. They have their hand in every jar. They're in every classroom, locker room, bathroom, sports, this obsession with gender, this is what's behind it. It allows them access to encroach on every single area in our lives. Yeah. They they will get around to doing that, though, to creating Black people. They will, because trans... Rachel Dolezal? Rachel Dolezal, yeah, that's going to take off eventually. It just hasn't yet. Oh, yeah, it hasn't yet, because there would be too much of an outcry within the ideology itself. But eventually, they're going to get to that place. Do you think and, black people would tolerate that though? Right now they're not. 
but eventually if this if this continues down the path it's on yes that will happen i i completely believe that that's me if i were if i were to if i were a betting well i well i have played black if i were to play black <laughs> <on it. laughs> uh that's what i would say okay let me read a couple of these super chats if you don't mind i'll just yes. Stephen Landau, thank you, sir. He says, coming in late, did you guys talk about the leaving the left talk the other day in Austin? Yes, sir. Thank you, Stephen, for $25 super chat. Um, we did. We talked about it at the beginning, and uh, it's called Women Leaving the Left, and you guys can go back and watch that. We're going to be putting up – we did get video footage of the panel, and I'm not sure how great the audio quality is going to be because we had to speak over the protesters who were pounding on the windows the whole time, but we did have mics. Hopefully it comes out great. We had a videographer there and um, we'll let you guys know when that's up. So, As serial mom would say, rewind. Okay. Pirate queen. Thank you. Pirate queen gives a super chat and says buck angel was asking for tomboys stories on Twitter today and highlighting how tomboys are not allowed anymore. That's I love true. him. I do too. He doesn't care. Oh, they call it's so funny because um when I first knew him a little bit a year or two ago, he cared more. And now so it's been wonderful to see him make his progression to giving no fucks. Oh yeah. They call him all kinds Beautiful. of names, awful oh. names. They call him trans scum for not going along with, with trans ideology. So the social justice. Like I said, cults invent words. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he to let it bother him. Uh, one more. This is from uh, Margia Adamskia. Adamskia. I, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Look up Dr. Michael Weberly, UK tribunal found guilty, reckless, dishonest, and harmed patients. Look at patient V, a nine-year-old who was diagnosed trans by Zoom and suicided. Oh, I got a I haven't heard about that. I had not heard about that. A nine-year-old. I just took a picture of the screen, so I'll remember. So you remember, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. I, I haven't heard about the story. I'll look it up. You know, it makes me think of just some of the stuff that I see in these parents' groups. I've mentioned this before, but it is pervasive. It's it, it's this is this is if you think it's just isolated to the big cities, like sometimes I talk to people who still think it's just in places like New York and California. It's not. It's everywhere. It's here in Texas. And there are parents in there who oftentimes will say things like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because, you know, I validated, I changed the pronouns, changed the name. My kid is on uh, hormones. I've done everything right. I put that word in quotes because I think this is all wrong. Mm -hmm. They say, I've done everything right. And my child just attempted suicide and is back in the hospital. And it's like, yeah, maybe what you're doing isn't working. It's like, so sick. I was thinking about it. I think it's an extension in some ways, not all of this, but some of it. I think it's an extension of these narcissist women who it's like, you know, those types of narcissist straight women who try to have their like little gay accessory, the gay men that they use as like little subservient. Oh, yes. <laughs> so yes. I think some of them, instead of that, are creating that for themselves with their child. Yes, That's with their the child. That they're building with the child where they can yes. just talk at them talk about themselves, get fashion tips, make them their little Barbie doll. I think that's part of it in a lot of cases. It is. It's. It, they don't see them as a human being. They don't have any empathy. They see their own child as an extension of themselves, as an accessory is a great way of putting it. 
And I want to share this with you. I meant to send it to you before, but there's a study out too. Um, I got to look up, I'll, I'll post after like the source, but um, so you know how these people, another one of their ridiculous lines that they say is that puberty blockers are totally reversible, which is just insane. If you think about it, I mean, yeah, mess with the hormones. It's something that's so naturally occurring in young people. And oh, it's totally fine. Totally reversible. Of course it's not. Uh, so this was a study that was done. Uh, 24 out of 25 reported side effects during treatment. 80% reported side effects lasting longer than six months after stopping treatment. Almost half, nine out of 20, reported side effects that they considered irreversible, including memory loss, insomnia, hot flashes, and more. Yeah. Totally reversible. And that probably ain't the tip of the iceberg. If you go to the, the Reddit forums for people who are detransitioning, you'll see um story after story from these women who are trying to detransition who who took the hormones in some cases had mastectomies and are now trying to live as women and they have all kinds of medical complications in some cases being sterilized so it's it's an outright lie that they're asking us to believe and it's always vague very very vague emotional language um mm -hmm. like you saw in uh what is a woman when he was talking to that woman who She's like the dean of some medical school or something. And you know that doctor's the pediatrician that he was talking to? We and haven't seen it yet. I've only seen clips. It's really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he was saying about, um, isn't this drug using you being used as puberty blockers, Lupron, uh, isn't that the same drug that they use to chemically castrate prisoners? And she just went to the vague emotional blackmail languages. Oh, that's not respectful. That's That's harmful. That's hurtful answer his question yeah and all yeah. this entire thing is just it's magical thinking it is all based in nothing but emotional language there is no standard there's no objective reality for any of it that that kind of uh refusing to answer the question by by sidestepping and trying to do a sleight of hand yeah that's that's like a no one else is hurt yeah. off a little girl's tits yeah but it makes me think of the Amber Heard testimony. There's a really great example when she of doing that sleight of hand where you avoid answering a question directly. And that was when they were asking her if she had donated all of that money that she said she was going to donate to charity that she got from the divorce settlement. And she, she said, I pledged, yes, I pledged to, to donate it. And they were like, no, no, I didn't ask if you pledged it. I asked, did you donate it? I pledged to, yes, I did. I did. No, did you donate it? And and it's like, whoa, like that's, I, I just want to clip that and show anyone, this is what a narcissist is like when you try and pin them down on the truth. It's sort of that little like slide of, I did, yes, I pledged. No. <laughs> yeah. That's the number one thing they do. That's like something you become very hip to when you leave the left is their sleight of hand tricks. They have so many sleight of hand tricks. Yeah. The ultimate what? tantric is the one that they do with trans stuff. You know, like, I mean, if you look at what's happening with kids being indoctrinated, of course, the sexualizing of kids is a big issue. But this gender ideology stuff, I feel like, is the issue. So it was yet another example of a sleight of hand trick, how the media labeled it the don't say gay bill in Florida, oh, yeah. because they know that there's a lot more consensus over the issue of yeah. gay people. Yeah. It's, sleight it's of hands are steaming in sleight of hand. Yeah. And sleight of hands are, if you strip it down to what that is, it is a lie. It is dishonesty. And you can't, you can't respect that. 
Uh, Matt, Matt. <laughs> Matt Deckard, hello, sir. He gives a $5 super chat and says, if I transition and don't like it, can I crowdfund my manhood back? It's actually really sad. Um, it's a funny question, but it's sad because this is what's happening. If you and keep if you, it in a jar. If you go on, um, if you go on uh, any of these crowdfunding platforms, you will find detransitioners who are trying to crowdfund surgery to try and go back and live as as themselves and and they don't get nearly the support they get when they're transitioning so oh it's funny i saw somebody some like far left blue check mark uh maybe a week ago and he's like as you know alphabet person transmania as you can possibly be so he wrote one tweet saying like uh you know, people who detransition are valid and deserve to have their voices heard, so we shouldn't discount them. Oh, the hatred that he got. Oh, those replies. I guarantee you, if I look back, he's apologized or deleted it by now. Yeah. How dare you say something reasonable? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a call. One more from Grady. Hello, Grady. Grady, Grady says, another... Another disturbing push of the ideologies is how teachers use technology to monitor every aspect of children in schools. Yes. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but they, the, the Google Chromebook. So a lot of schools have these Chromebooks that they give for free, which sounds like a great thing, right? Like, oh, this, this company's doing something great. They're giving Chromebooks for kids to use in class. They are monitoring everything your kids are doing at school and they're using it to learn how to advertise to kids better. That's just one of the things they're doing. I mean, who knows the possibilities for all of that data? The point is you're letting them collect that kind of data on your kids. Um, We're actually working on something with that to like show people what's happening. Oh, you are? Mm hmm Grady uh, actually made me aware of a bunch of stuff. That they're doing that I had no idea of, of how they're spying on kids and stuff. So really, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know you guys were working on something. Yeah. Uh one more from Mandy. Hi, Mandy. She's a Russian bot. She says I'm the Russian bot, but I'm gonna say it's her. Mandy says, I pledge to donate 288 rubles to Russian bot Carrie. <laughs> you pledged it. You pledged it. <laughs> Hey, I've been a Russian bot since like 2018-ish. Uh, somebody here in Texas, it was a, it was one of the leaders of the Democratic Party here in Texas. I, I think he was a communications director or something. He called me uh, like two years ago. He called me a Russian bot on Twitter, which is the funniest thing. I, Just I, one? I, oh my God. I got <laughs> called that for like a year straight. <laughs> uh, and then another one from Margia. Silent J. Ah, damn. Maria. Maria. <laughs> Maria. Silent J says, oh. Graham Linehan, Substack, great resource on UK litigation. Voting today on, quote, conversion therapy bill to Green criminalize non-affirmative care. Thank you. Yeah, this is the same person Mikey was saying. We have to look up mm -hmm. uh, that case of that nine-year-old who was who was diagnosed on Zoom. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's what they've been doing this in Canada a lot and a lot of other countries where they are rebranding any sort of thing that would approach, you know, children transing with any sort of skepticism. They're rebranding that as conversion therapy because, you know, most people, it's widely accepted that conversion therapy is not really possible when it comes to someone's sexual orientation. So most people are against it. 
So now they're trying to bring that so that you just have to automatically transition kids and then outlaw conversion therapy. So that means that, that these kids will automatically be affirmed. I feel like I'm way overusing these, but it's warranted here. I, I really go out of my way to not overuse them. It's we're but we're we're reaching a point where it's almost impossible not to use those because the reality is speech. in these. Yes, yes, because speech has become so Orwellian and everything that's up is down and down is up that you almost can't you can't away with that whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, conversion therapy, gender affirming. <laughs> oh, it's so sick. Yeah. They've also, I who was it that just, I think it was the APA, the American uh, Psychiatric Association recently changed a bunch of the gender affirming language around gender dysphoria. Did you see that? No. So, yeah, they made it all much more Orwellian. So instead of saying your preferred sex, you have to now say, they want the the pr practitioners, the 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 uh, psychiatrists, instead of saying preferred sex, to say experienced sex. Oh, my experienced oh. sex is male. Experienced, which gives credence to it, which is automatically affirming and validating that it's real because I've experienced it rather than preferring it. God, um, I'll never forget when I went to a doctor's office. This was like a like a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> And the woman at the desk, she was a black woman. And you could tell that she was probably required to ask me this. So she says to me, what race do you identify as? And I just looked at her like, really? And we both laughed. Like she was, you could tell she's probably required to ask that. But I, I so regretted not saying African-American. Yeah. Just put it down. Yeah. Don't ask me any questions. Yeah. I identify as it. Yeah. It's just the term is so weird. Ident like, I don't identify as being gay. I just am. And it's like everything is about how you feel. Like there's no barometer for any sort of objectivity. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you and I have talked about this. I have talked about on the show before, but this whole idea of affirming everyone's identity and validating it no matter what it is. It's now spread, as I mentioned, into the, the APA, the American uh, Psychiatric Association. And there's, uh, are you familiar with Jake uh, Wiskirchen? He's on, he's a therapist, marriage and family therapist. He, he's amazing. Well, I've gotten to speak to him a couple of times. And one of those times he told me that the, the whole affirmative care thing has now moved. They've taken that model and it's sort of moved beyond the transgender issue into other things. So therapists are now being encouraged to affirm whatever it is their patients are saying. So for example, if someone were to come in and, and you as the psychiatrist are like, Hey, I, you're writing it up. You're like, I think this person shows all those traits of borderline personality disorder. Let's pick for example. And if you're not allowed to tell them that if they don't accept the, the diagnosis, like you're not allowed to give your opinion. So if they say no, I have depression. That's why I'm here. I want to be treated for depression. That you as the therapist are now being told to affirm their self-diagnosis and oh. treat them for their self-diagnosis. Unless they diagnose themselves as not wanting. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, not that. Then it's like, oh, you're not a doctor, except when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. But otherwise, you can self-diagnose your own mental health issues, or we're very close to that happening. 
Oh, and that's becoming, you know, we've talked about it before, but that's becoming people's entire identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one more from Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. She says, on a serious note, Carrie, all of my favorite streamers have been getting swatted lately. Please be careful and aware there are loons present. Yeah, for anyone who's not aware, uh, Tim Pool, it keeps happening to him. It's been over seven times now, I think. Uh, and Jeremy now. The quartering, Jeremy from the quartering, and I believe Nick Ricada just got swatted. No, I didn't know that. I think he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, because I saw him talking about warrants, and he would be the person who knows how to get to the bottom of it. I think if anyone, you know, I don't to find understand out how they're allowing it to keep happening, like with Tim Pool, I don't get it. It's, uh, I've one of my friends in law enforcement has told me, in their opinion, it's. It's someone very powerful who's preventing them from finding those who are culpable because it should be easy to do. You think by the fifth or sixth time they would like set a trap for that person. Yeah. So oh. what what I saw, if what I read was true, that Ricada was saying that warrants have been that's that's the path that you need to go. You need to get warrants to make the cops show everything that they have so you yourself can get to the bottom of it or force them to that's what that's what i think needs to happen but i don't know that's just based on enough friends yeah yeah I, I totally to hate it because you know we've seen in many instances how it's basically like there are just no laws anymore mm -hmm. one more from matthew hammond thank you matthew matthew says are they trying to transition all gay males and females so that everyone is in a straight relationship that's right <laughs> basically the weirdest ones that I've seen are where that's uh, why gay isn't on the oppression hierarchy anymore. <laughs> the weirdest ones I've seen though are not gay gay people. It's straight people. It's where a man has transitioned to become a trans woman and a woman has transitioned to become a trans man and they're like married and have kids that they're raising as babies. I've seen a few of these. Oh God. Christ. <laughs> oh, no, I've got one better for you is when it's a straight not transgender man and a straight not transgender woman or you know some straight but some sort of like oh i'm bi or not even bi isn't cool enough for them even i'm pansexual or something but like you know none of that but like it's a man and a woman and they're non-binary so did you see the cover of some what was some formerly some gay magazine and it had this like big buff guy he played trevor in scream 4 and his wife who's a woman and they were like the headline, this is a queer relationship. No, because I haven't. Nothing. I haven't seen that, no. But I have it seen. It makes me happy for what happened to him in Scream 4. <laughs> I have seen, though, in one of these parents groups I'm talking about, uh, this this mother who's, uh, she, she posted for support. I, I need some support and affirmation or whatever. Because her, she said, my son... Now, when she says son in these groups, uh, they're all talking about kids who are trans. So she means biological daughter. So she's like, my son who just transitioned, you know, to being a boy. Uh, my son's boyfriend just broke up with him. Do you think it's because my son's boy boyfriend's mom found out that her son was gay? And I'm like, her son is not gay. Your child is a girl. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's <sighs> Yeah, Do you, she's like, I didn't realize homophobia was still around. It's like, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. 
And it's like, and also like, I was thinking about how, you know, like when I was a teenager, like I had a pretty good idea. I was probably gay, but like, I didn't know any gay people my age because that's how it was back then. So like, I didn't come out until after I had had relationships and stuff when I was like 18 because I wanted to be sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, imagine if that were something that were not reversible, like changing a child's gender. It's so sick. So, Mikey, was there anything that you wanted to touch on today before I turn to this rather serious post of Lydia's? What's the serious post? Well, the one I mentioned earlier that kind of might make you cry. Yes, right. Now I need okay. to know that. Lydia, like Lydia, Lydia? Yeah, oh yeah, Lydia from Tim Pool. Hold on, let me show this. Uh and I apologize in advance because this is a disturbing image. So if you don't like sad, disturbing images. Oh. So this is, she shared this on Instagram and I just, um, oh. it's a picture of a guy and his family. He's very skeletal looking. Like actually on my phone from far away, I didn't think this was real at first. I thought it, I thought it was a skeleton and it says a man guards his family from the cannibals during the Madras famine of 1877 at the time of British Raj India. And the man is sitting there um, over a, a woman who's clearly starving to death. They're all starving to death. And, um, Anyway, here's what she said about it. I thought it was just so real, like so true. She says, this is not said enough. This world we live in is a cotton candy dream. And we're staring down the barrel of this fancy luxury designer world falling apart. It can get bad. It can get worse than we can imagine. Humans have always fought the elements, each other. And right now we're fighting ourselves. But being our own worst enemies is a luxury. We have too much free time, too much money, too much access to ideas that poison us against our own physical bodies and atomizes us, alienating us from everyone around us. When it falls apart, we are going to need one another. Now is the time to build strong relationships, strong families, strong communities. Like the father in this searing picture we are going to need people who care enough about us that they are willing to use their last ounce of energy to help us survive a few minutes longer than we would without them. Anyway, sorry for the bringing everybody down. <laughs> no, it's, it's necessary. That was spot on. Uh, it's really just one of those images that just shakes you out of whatever you're in and, and, arrests you and grabs you and is like get over your bs like whatever it is you think that's so awful in your life like uh, what she said about like we are living in a cotton candy dream like this world all those people out there protesting our event they have nothing to be upset about they don't know what adversity is none of us do truly i'm not saying we don't have our own adversity in our each of our lives we do but we don't live like that we have never known that. And, and we have so much freedom, so much freedom to just obsess over these, like she said, these evil ideologies to allow them to take control of us. And all those people banging on the walls at our event, it's like they want 
something, some kind of meaning in their life, even if they have to go out and find it and make it in this really awful, rancid way, um, because they have they have too much of everything. They don't have adversity, so they want to create it this fantasy adversity. And I think I think she's right. I think we might hit it. We might actually get it. We might actually hit something awful, very awful in this in this country. I mean, I think the last two years was kind of the test run for it. And to see how compliant everyone was, how everyone was just all too willing to sell people out. Yeah. Like if, you know, if they had enacted concentration camps here this last year, how many millions of people would have been pushing their neighbors into them? A lot of them, tens of yeah. millions of people. And I think that's what's been the scariest thing, you know, especially as somebody who's was in New York and segregated this whole time is seeing how all too willing people were to do that, to just accept this framework 100% and knowing the people who would sell you out and who don't care as long as it doesn't affect them. Yeah. They did a very good test run in a way, whether it was intended to be that or not, they know what to do now to get everyone, not everyone. I realize I'm not speaking for each and every person, but <clears throat> they know what to do to get society to go along with authoritarianism now to get this very privileged, wealthy, blessed society to give up freedoms and to turn each other in and to turn on one another. The, the, the remember in Los Angeles, mayor Garcetti went on television and when he was trying to get people to turn in their neighbors for mm -hmm. going to work and operating their business. And he said, you've heard that snitches get stitches. I'm here to tell you stitches get rewards. That is disgusting. And you would think but, that some of these people would realize it or think about the words they're here, but no, uh, it's like, you know, it's like talking to a road cone. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, and you know, I don't know. I thought a lot of times over the last couple of years, it's not only, leftists is people in general who are sort of that personality type. Why do they hate me so much? Why do they hate other people I know who are great? And I think to people like that, there's something very threatening about people who make genuine relationships. Because like, if you look at, look at leftists, for example, they don't like each other. Look at like, you know, no. LGBTQ, whatever. They talk about social constructs, but there is no greater social construct than the idea of LGBTQI, blah, blah. Um, like none of these people actually like each other. They're just grouped together by resentments and conformity, and that's about it. Um, so I think there is something very threatening to people like that by people who make genuine connections and have strong relationships that are based yeah. in choice really we choose to be around each other they call me a pick me and it's like yeah you're right i pick the people i'm be i choose to be around and they pick me yeah i'm proud of that yeah i think the most important thing people can do right now is to build relationships with with build community build fellowship as as gary on neurotic calls it he doesn't call it community he calls it fellowship but build that fellowship that. because um as lydia's talking about like that that's what it all comes down to in the end. I don't, I had somebody during the Q and a of that woman leaving the left event, ask us about um, what did we hope to accomplish politically by leaving the left? And I had to think about it, but it's sort of, it's sort of uh, my walking away from the left. It wasn't, uh, it didn't originate in, in politics. 
I mean, it had political consequences. I did switch my voter registration from Democrat to green and then became an independent after that. And I did vote for my first ever Republican in 2018. You know, I did vote for Trump in 2020. I did, I did finally start considering other parties, but, but it, it, so it had political consequences, but it wasn't a political, I don't put a lot of faith in the, in, in politics. I care more about culture and spirituality. It's like, I see this war as a culture war and I, I see it as a spiritual war as well. And I think those are the places where you fight back because politics, you know, it's that famous Breitbart quote, politics is downstream from culture and that'll change if you change the culture. And so the most important thing you can do if you're watching this and, and, and the, the path where we're heading scares you or you disagree with it is, is to, to do what Jordan Peterson says is to fix the sphere that you can control, fix the world around you and your relationships and the people that you interact with in your life and build a life that is for good, not good because of what politics it's associated with, not that fake good, you know, but build a life that's good. Um, anyway, just kind of rambling. No, you're not. They always say things so perfectly. All right. I don't think so. Beth Lemon says, yes. Okay, good. So someone says yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you guys, I'm sorry. I am. I saw somebody say that, that that thing that Lydia shared didn't make them feel down. It made them feel fired up, but it made me feel down. So I no, want to end no. on something positive. So I'm trying to get there. What's positive? <laughs> Well, let's see. I was talking about that the in other my day. Life. My friends who uh, are on my locals, we were having a Zoom hangout and we we're talking about all these different subjects. And I'm like, is there anything not depressing? And then what we finally uh, landed on was let's talk about food. That's the okay. one thing that'll never let you down until I thought about grocery prices. <laughs> uh, yeah, then you go there. Well, I've got a couple of good news things uh, just off the top of my head. I heard in, if we're talking about culture and entertainment, I heard that the new Top Gun movie is pretty good and it's not woke. So I intend to go see that. I couldn't see it the day I wanted to because something came up, but I want to go see that movie. That sounds fun. I haven't it's seen weird. a movie since I Joker. Like... What's that? I haven't seen a movie in the theater since Joker. I think Scream was the last one I saw. Don't talk about, talk about depressing things. Nev Campbell not being in Scream 6 because they didn't want to pay oh. Don't even the disrespect. I can't. I can't. So we're not going to talk about that because I will get emotional. Um, Top Gun, though, I feel I have such split feelings about Tom Cruise. Obviously, he's a Scientologist nut job. But like, if it weren't for that, I would really like him because he's kind of the only person who's keeping like real filmmaking alive that isn't just like some green screen CGI fuckfest. He's yeah. like the only one keeping that alive. So like, I respect that and him. Yeah. Except for all the other stuff. It's hard for me to, to forget that he's Tom Cruise, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's a main character in this one. Is he? Really? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I kind of, uh, but, just because it's like a real movie that, you know, it's not just CGI and green screens, but I kind of have no interest. I never saw the first one. Um, okay. What else is on my list? I'll tell you. So as I mentioned, we're making progress on the house, which is exciting. And also 
Uh, I'm finally getting, there's been some delays, but we downgraded our vehicles and I got, uh, but I got a bigger, older truck and I'm very excited and I go pick it up as soon as I get off this stream. So uh, that's exciting to me. I have I've something got, really exciting to what? pick up on my door after the stream. Hopefully this is going to sound ridiculous. Um, Maybe like six, seven years ago, I found this amazing like tank top kind of thing of the clash at some thrift store and I didn't get it. And it has been bothering me for like <laughs> seven years since then. I could not find it anywhere, not online, nowhere. I finally found it and it's coming today and I'm so excited. And it that probably, probably it's, it's just a tank top that says the clash. So it's probably stupid to most people, but that, let that be a lesson to you. If you see the perfect thing in a thrift shop and it's not even that much, all things considered, cause it's a yeah. thrift shop and it really speaks to you. I'm the belief firm believer. You don't want to be thinking about it after you leave there. So it's, it's know, the same it logo that I had on my backpack when I was a kid. Well, I'm very happy for it. It's the small things. There was a guy I had a thread the other day. I was like, we should do a, a gratitude thread. Cause man, that day I was like, I know I need one. What's some good things happening in your life. And there was this one guy, it was so sad. There was everybody sharing all these really fun, joyful things. But this one guy was saying nothing, nothing in my life. And I've, I've been in this depression for a while. And it, th this is something, well, I told him this, but anyone who struggles with depression, you, if you, the neuroscientists have shown that if you sit down and write out a gratitude list, it actually changes your brain. It helps you. It helps you get out of depression, especially if you do it over long periods of time. So even if the first time you do it, I, I you get a little notebook and write down, even if you can just write down one thing, like my t-shirt with the clash on it is coming today. You write that down. The next day you write That's down something. A bad else. one though. It would be no. great over. Like I have better things than that. Yeah, but for someone who's in that dark pit, right? There might yeah. be that's the only thing they can think of. That's okay. Write down one thing a day and you do it over a period, and then you it elevates your mood slowly each day. And then if you do it long enough, you'll get to that place where you're sort of like, it's not so hard to come up with lists, you know, and you've got then you've got more things that you're putting in there, and it's not even you're not even having to try. So uh, Hi, Lime Lady. She said the craft. I love the craft, the movie. Oh, I remember that movie. Did we? Have, I feel like we talked about the sequel years ago, but I never actually saw it. it. It was supposed to be like very, very, very woke. And it was, I don't think it's a sequel. It's some like crappy requel thing. Yeah, those not are. Even a requel. They're not usually worth it. I do like the original. I, I don't want to hate while. watch it because I heard it's like super trans and racial and they have all the stuff in it. When are you going to have me back on your channel to do a horror movie night? I'm Any down. Time. Okay. Look who you're talking to. I'm down. I, uh, the oh, oh, I'm so there. I'm so there. And uh, I had, it's funny because when I do some of these other shows, I was on a Josiah Rises and Epic Mike had me on their show on Saturday night. And whenever people are talking about, you know, new shows like Rings of Powers coming out or, movies and then i'm trying to think about what i've been watching lately and it's always it's always off subject it's like my, personally it's it's either horror or uh but lately for me it's not horror it's it's true crime shows but you know yes. it's not oh we're talking about that no we we got to come back to that in one sec but um i am always doing that that i'm like god i gotta work on projects and videos and stuff that somebody other than me would want to watch <laughs> 
And then I ended up writing this long essay about the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie and how it's basically a metaphor for the downfall of society. And I never put it out because it was just so insane and nobody would ever want to read that. No, you know who would love that? Mystery Chris. Really? Yes. He wanted to talk about that movie the other night. Yeah. You should put it out. Everything wrong with the world. Okay, maybe I will put it out. But (laughs) I will say one thing I'm like kind of happy about is I'm finally like – getting serious about youtube so this week i'm uh, launching a series that i'm excited about it's gonna be a four-part series dark side of the rainbow i'm going to be exposing different aspects of uh the alphabet cult so that's the first one is showing how it's a cult and i spoke to cult experts i went through all the literature the warning signs and symptoms and everything of a cult and how it applies to this cult and it sounds like it was just written exactly for them mike i am so excited for that Thank you. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, so that'll be out this week. Tell people where to find you, just in case they don't know. Yes, find me my YouTube channel. It's uh, my name, my car. We did a true crime stream on there recently, okay. but uh, yeah, it's been a little bit barren. But uh, this week, I'm like kicking it into high gear, so it's just my name, my Carlo. My or uh, I've been doing a bunch of like stupid little short videos on Instagram. So that's uh, Sleepy Harlow underscore. I had to add that horrible underscore to get myself out of the perpetual state of banning yeah. or uh, Twitter, not Mike Carlo. <laughs> you guys go check out Mike and then we're going to take off in a second. I'm just going to read a couple more of these. Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. She says, when you mentioned picking up something, I literally just stood up and checked my door for an expected package of clothes. I bought nothing. Oh, sad ending. <laughs> I thought she was going to say, that that's was fine. Down at the end. I was excited for you for the clothes. Yeah. And then Mark, thank you, Mark, says RE Fellowship. That's why the continued breakdown and breakup of family is so nefarious. Yes, it's the first uh, uh, foundation of community and fellowship. It is. And you're right. You destroy the family. And then what kind of community bonds does do the leftist, does the leftist cult want you to form? They're not help. I would argue they're, they're not own. healthy community borns. Yeah, they're it's this sort of allyship. Allyship is not fellowship. Not it's friendship, so different. Not relationships. It's yeah. nothing. Let me tell you exactly what they are doing. Because for decades now, they have built the perfect model for a toxic, self-destructive culture in the gay culture. What they are trying to do is to export all of the most toxic elements of the gay culture into mainstream society. And y'all need to reject it at every turn because also, people miserable and lonely and unhappy. And now they're trying to make everyone that way. They prey on people who have been isolated from their families for one reason or another. Or if they haven't been isolated, they encourage kids to like to cut their family off. They encourage mm-hmm. that, like cults do. Like cults always do. Yeah. Another thing I think I've learned the last year especially is that I think, you know, I mean, there's no esteem or anything for any sort of God or anything anymore in this culture. So I really feel like when a culture or society loses any sense of religion, it gets replaced with something worse. And that is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Worship of self, worship of government, Mm -hmm. worship of identity. Um, Chuck Davis for $10. Thank you, mm-hmm. sir. He says y'all should do a fashion break when you get together and discuss hats, shirts, and stuff. 
Mikey's fashion sense appeals to straight white male really? identified non-cisgender uh, non other kids too. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Can we please do that? <laughs> I can't compete we, with you on hats, but... Uh, I would love... Look, I get to do as much frivolity as I want, so... We could just do a we could do a whole show that's frivolous. Yes. If we wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And you guys, thank everybody, give give Mikey a round of applause. Oh, I love you. Thank yeah, you for absolutely. having me. I love you. I miss you. I can't wait to see you soon. I can't, yeah. It'll be June 25th. Yeah. So June 25th, I'll be in New York for um, I'm gonna go check out Minds Fest and I'll get to see you. Yeah, that's happening at the Beacon Theater. I'm gonna go and then, to the theater. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then uh, just to, for anybody in Texas this week, coming up this week, Anthony and I are going to go to the Friday Night Heights meetup on Thursday in Dallas. And I'm going to stick around for Fan Expo. So if you guys are in Texas, come and say hello. The Friday Night Heights meetup, there's going to be a lot of people there and it's, it's free and open to the public. So I'm so jealous. You. I love them. <laughs> yeah. They're so much fun. It's, that's one of those shows where it's always like, Yes, if you want me on, I'll be on because I know I'm gonna have a good time and just laugh and have a lot of frivolity. That's so. like one of my dream shows to be on. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Okay, Mikey, thank you. Oh uh, wait, can I say real quick too? Uh, if you guys of like course. my stuff, I'm trying to like build up my locals thing more. So if you like my stuff and want to help me get a microphone or something that is not this piece of shit, um, support my grifting at uh, locals. <laughs> MikeHarlow.locals.com. I'm such I, a bad grifter. I still haven't. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not very good at pitching all the things. I also, I just, with new technology, it's like, really? I have to learn a new one. I'm kind of, we are going to be using locals for deprogrammed. You guys, I haven't, we haven't abandoned it. We're going to use it for um, um, movie night where we just hang out and, uh, and book club. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't already joined, you can go and join. And we, uh, sometime in the next month, We'll be doing a test stream probably in the next couple of weeks. We so. can like we can have crossover movie nights. Yeah, horror movie nights. I can do a horror movie night. Okay, guys, we're gonna go out on a video. Let's see if I can get it to work. Take love care. You. I love you. Bye. Bye.